Many, many people need help in the area of executive functioning, and the research shows that when it comes to students, these skills need to be explicitly taught. These are life skills, not just school skills, so that makes them doubly important to teach and learn. People come to me because their brains need support, and that's exactly what I do. No shame, just support. This quote comes to us from Carrie Bonnet, executive functioning coach. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. up Raleigh hey how's it going good how are you I'm good we're we're doing something a little different for the listeners out there I know this is so exciting hopefully it works so so we uh yeah (laughs) we are um coming to you from two different locations today and we have a very very special guest who uh we will be getting into really soon here with uh coming into us from Oregon Portland Oregon 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 Okay, thanks. Um, so yeah, West Coast in the house tonight. Um, so something different. We're just trying to branch out and get some more uh, varied guests onto our show. Yeah, this is super exciting and uh, soon to have three people from three different locations. So we're going to see how this goes today. Hopefully it's We'll see clear. how it works. Yeah, we go, okay. we've got this. <laughs> you know, we're just going to go with it. We're just going to go um, with so it. So I do... I do want to give a little bit of background on Carrie. Um, We're very, very privileged and lucky to have her. So um, Carrie has been an executive function coach since June of 2020, coming into the profession after teaching middle and high school for many years. She also teaches first and second year education students at the University of Portland and incorporates executive functioning into her curriculum. Her initial clients were parents who thought their kids were doing well in school, but during COVID saw how much they were actually struggling. Carrie says the more she learned about executive functioning and its impact on kids and adults alike, the more she wanted to, the world to know about it. As she puts it, quote, executive functioning is a real thing and a real challenge. It's important to have compassion. All right. Welcome, Carrie. It's so nice to have you on all the way from the West Coast. Thank you for joining yes. us. You're welcome. Yes, I'm all the way in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell our audience, our uh, vast group of listeners from around the world, what um what brought you into executive functioning um and then sort of maybe talk about what executive functioning is and and how you um teach sure um well as you already mentioned i come at this from the teacher angle so i was a classroom teacher for many many years um i took some time off when my kids were young and um i don't really like to say that covid brought me to this place but it sort of covid brought me to this place i was i was in a, a place in 2020 trying to figure out am i going to um be a classroom teacher again what the next sort of phase of my career um and several people several friends of mine i have a couple of friends who are school psychologists and one of them said you know what i think you should do <laughs> I think you should become an executive function coach. Um, That was actually before 2020. But at that time, I didn't even know what it was. I I said, what's that? Um, And then I mentioned to another friend not long after that, who's also a school psychologist. My friend said that I should, and she, oh yeah, absolutely. You should do this. There is a great (laughs) need. And so what, what ended up happening is I feel like a little bit of the universe was all the stars were aligning and multiple people were telling me this is a thing. There is a great need. Um, I'm interested in it. It, So executive functions are like my short definition that I like to use is the brain skills that help us get stuff done. 
Um, so things like organization, things like planning, things like getting started, especially on real boring tasks that you don't yeah. want to do. <laughs> um, things like it controlling your impulsive behaviors. Um, so I was just, I'm interested in that. It comes as a strength to me personally, but the more I heard from educators out there who I have connections with that, this is a great need, the more I thought, well, that just makes sense. Um, and then I was able to get some training and start thinking about creating my own private practice. So that's how it all got started. Yeah. And you also have some great resources that um, you've shared with us that we'll share out to our listeners too, that you've sort of developed over time, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mostly work one-on-one with families, um, students, middle school and up typically. Um, but I also have, uh, adult clients that I work with, but then I also am creating, I'm trying to create lots of free resources too, because not everybody can afford to pay, um, a person to coach them and their kid. I'm working on some teacher training. Like I'm just trying to create as many resources for people as possible to learn as much as they can about this thing called executive function. Which is, yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Raleigh. I was going to say, Danielle and I have talked a lot about how critical this is. And I think, you know, understanding that it's something that's just, I still think even though we've been talking about this for many years, it's still not something that's, that a lot of people understand or know about. And being able to implement this within a regular education setting um, as just part of the curriculum and having these resources built in and having some ways for kids to practice these skills is so essential. And it's such a missing component, even for, right. you know, even if kids aren't on an IEP, it's just such a critical piece and having the access to all these resources is so important. Yeah. I like to kind of call it the missing link in schools. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it feels to me like, um, some students can be successful in traditional schools, but not all brains are designed or like not all brains like match up with what the expectations are in a traditional school. So this executive function stuff um, is like the missing link. Like if we can figure out how to teach these skills and the research says they have to be taught, um, then that can help so many other students. And like you said, not just, not just the neurodiverse kids, but like it helps everyone. These are life skills really. They really are. And they start, I mean, it's, it's, it feels like such a buzzword because I feel like it seems so new, but it's been around for a long time. And I think a lot of the research that I've seen that's being done as we speak is really like how early can kids start developing executive yeah. functioning skills? And they're saying like, as soon as six months old at this point, those, yeah. some of those skills yeah, can start being, skills developed. start being developed. Yeah. Super early. I mean, you know, I work with mostly middle and up because for me, um, a student to be, to work with a coach like me, a student has to want to get some help really, but That's the skills big, can yeah. totally be introduced early, early, early on. Yeah. So I feel like that we, um, we're starting to see more and more trainings and professional development around, at least in our area, like Sarah Ward has really become really popular on our side of the world. And um, uh, Lynn Meltzer, who's like the guru of executive functioning. So you're starting to see these pop up here and there, um, which I think is great. Yeah. Well, and I, we're also seeing it. I mean, at least I know I always talk about how I'm in a very specialized setting, but starting to see it more and more coming into IEP goal areas. And so I think it's going to be really important for teachers 
teaching, whether they're in special ed or they're in gen ed, learning and understanding what that means for students. How are they working that into objectives and goals? How are they accommodating for executive functioning challenges um, and embedding that within an IEP or just embedding it within the classroom? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed, I mean, like we're talking about, about teacher training. Um, when I, I mean, I'm old, I'm 48, <laughs> but when I was trained to be a teacher, <laughs> this thing didn't exist, like it, it existed, right? I'm sure. but in the teacher training world, I didn't hear anything about this until after I left teaching really. Um, and so it, I, it, I'm glad to hear that on your coast, yeah. Um, just like on my post, this is beginning to be something that is talked about, right? Like you mentioned Sarah Ward, she's well known on the West Coast too. And Lynn Meltzer, same thing. Um, I just hope that like the middle of the country is also yeah. learning about it's trickling. Too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I agree. And I think, you know, it's funny, Raleigh said something about like embedding executive functioning to IEP goals. And I'll never forget the first time I sort of tried that out <laughs> at a meeting and it was just like what is this and it was like well this is what the kid needs he doesn't have a math disability he just can't like get through all the steps of math and so um the more training and professional development teachers can get to embed some of this into their classroom because it really right. is a tier one support it's really helpful especially i'm guessing carrie like with all of the middle school kids at your working with some of them are probably not even on IEPs. <laughs> right. No, yeah, no, not everyone is. Um <clears throat> sometimes clients come to me they have a, a diagnosis of some sort ADHD or autism spectrum disorder or other learning differences, but not all of them. Um and certainly they don't all have an IEP. Um but yeah, to to like I was talking about the missing link in schools, it feels like if if teachers knew. And by the way, teachers are doing things in the classroom that support 100% executive function. They are doing it. I know they are. Yeah. But if they had a handful of other strategies to try um, or just acknowledge that, oh, this thing is good for brains, then I think just the more information, the better. Uh, Carrie, yeah. I think I already know the answer to this question, but how critical is the family involvement piece of this? It's pretty important. Um, I was talking actually this morning with a um, therapist friend of mine who um, we were talking, just trying to figure out ways that we could connect with her practice and what I do. Um, and yeah, I mean, kids can be successful in a family that is, is not supportive or um, maybe also the family struggles in this area too. They can be successful, but gosh, the parents sure need to know about this stuff, I think. Um, which is one of the reasons why in our, in my work, I require a parent to be involved in the coaching too, not just the kid one-on-one, -on -one, but, um, at least one parent, if they live at home, it's pretty critical, um, to, to be able to continue to support them and their brain. Well, and thinking about whatever strategies the child might need in the home is probably beneficial, like we're saying for everybody in the household. And so right. if it's, you know, if it's visuals, if it's a way to manage time, like those things are that the, again, like you said, these are life skills. These are things that we're just noticing more and more that, I mean, I work with a lot of younger coworkers who may not have these skills. You know, these are just things right. we're noticing more and more that we're missing even in our younger workforce. So having this, people have access to this in the home and be able to apply that elsewhere in the community um, and whatever they're doing outside of school is really, really important too. Yeah, what, for sure. And I, and I think it's hard too, because 
you know, parents aren't going to go look for this training. They don't know the term executive functioning, or Mm -hmm. they don't know that how big of a link this is to your brain and how your brain works. And, and, you know, a lot of teachers, like you said, Carrie, don't even know that they're doing it in their classroom, like writing agendas. And, you know, I spoke to an administrator recently and she um, really didn't know what executive functioning was either. And she was like, we need to have all this training on executive functioning, you know, like organization and organization. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but there are other components to this too. Like there are other important pieces. It's not just about organizing a desk space or a binder. There are so many other components. So how do you, how do you get uh, parents the information they need to be able to, to understand yeah. how, um, important this yeah I mean I I don't really know the answer to that like how to get it but I but but it is super important to to know to like acknowledge that this is a real thing you know like I said so I by the way I don't love the term executive function I wish we had something else (laughs) Um, yeah it just I don't know because yes sure organization yes of course but there's so much more to it like there's impulsive behavior like trying to being able to control your impulses there's um, planning. Like I work with a lot of high school students who get real behind on big projects because they don't have a good sense of how many steps it takes to finish the big project. Um, and so that's a part of it. The emotional control is part mm-hmm. of it. The, you know, being able to stick to a task to its completion is part of it. So just the um, education of what it is and that it's real, <laughs> that it's not just like the kid not trying or the kid is willfully trying to get distracted. Um, just knowing that is step one, I think. And the no shame part, like yeah. what, another part of my work with, with clients and families is to realize that this is just a brain thing. It's not a character flaw. You know, you're not a terrible human, you're a lovely human, but your brain happens to be wired in this way that make it hard to be a student or a worker in a, in, in an office or so just kind of trying to like reel back the shame part a little bit. That's mm-hmm. part of my job too. That, I mean, that must be a really, I feel like that part must be one of the hardest parts because especially yeah. if you're dealing with older kids who probably have already been shamed again, intentionally, unintentionally, like right. there's no one, there's no bashing here of anyone, but you know, I think, um, when you hear stories about kids who are um, distracted, it's like, well, maybe they just can't initiate the task and they need some support getting over that hump. And it's really like, well, that kid's distracted. He doesn't want to be here. He And it's, you know, this yeah. assumption instead of truly coming to an understanding of the learning differences that kids have. <laughs> Excuse me. When we talk always about how that, how the self-esteem is impacted as well. So, you know, when you're, when you're not feeling like you can be successful, you don't have the tools. And it, I mean, it's pretty, it seems pretty obvious and common sense, but I don't think we always take that into consideration all the time and giving them those, that ability to see that they can accomplish these tasks. Maybe, maybe these long-term projects just always seem like such a mountain to climb. They never could get there and now they can. So what's the next thing I can accomplish? What's the next challenge I can, you know, right. overcome? And so that I think builds a huge amount of resources and a, and a feeling of perseverance for kids that mm-hmm. maybe have never had that success. Um, how does that translate for you for, I know you talked about high school students like that transition planning, we've been talking a lot about that lately and like that college prep aspect of it. Well, I work with, I do right now at the summer, in fact, I'm working with a couple of incoming freshmen or on, how do you say that next year, they're going to be rising, uh, rising, 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 there it is, there it is, rising freshmen. Um, 
<clears throat> and you know, they're interesting because they managed to graduate high school, <laughs> whatever yeah. they, they figured it out. Right. And, and, but they're, they come to me because they're not quite a hundred percent there yet and need some support still. Um, so, you know, in working with them this summer, we're focusing a lot on just sort of how to manage your time, because once you go to college, you're, you, whatever, you choose your classes, you choose your, your schedule when you wake up, you know, all that stuff. And so what sort of, we talk a lot about, about time management, um, and also asking for help, like sticking up for your brain. That's what I like to say. Like now that you know, these things about your brain, that's great data. We have this information. My brain is not awesome at task initiation, or my brain is not awesome at working memory, remembering stuff to do stuff or lots of things. Now that I know that that's like great information. So, so stick up for your brain, ask for help. Um, that's a tricky one because not all students are willing. They feel still a little bit of shame or embarrassed or, um, so those are sort of some of the biggies that with the older high school going into college that we, that we work on. I mean, I love the language that you use too. I feel like it's, um, it simplifies it so much or like helps, I think, understand it because you're right. Executive functioning is just an overwhelming term. And so totally. to help, to help say like, oh, this is just, your brain just learns differently or, you know, mm -hmm. having, having some different language for kids. It'd be great to, you know, I think there's a lot coming out of like athletes with ADHD and all, it'd be great to connect um, because as we, the three of us know in the world, our listeners know that ADHD is so connected to executive functioning to, oh, I'm yeah. wondering if even connecting those dots for kids would help reduce some of that stigma, even just a little bit. I think so. I mean, so even like I'm thinking of, um, I also work with young kids too. So, you know, sixth graders um, and and I don't know, the most recent sixth grader that I was working with, he was real ashamed of this whole thing and, and real down on himself. And why I'm so, I'm so, why am I so bad at this? And, um, and so, yeah, the, the, the making the connection, just like you said, making just, even if it's the tiniest bit, just the tiniest bit for that little sixth grader to have some language to use, like sort of what, like what you're talking about, to be able to talk about it and to, to like, just give yourself a little bit of a break um that nobody's perfect but also it's just something that you're gonna have to work on and you need support great let's figure out how to get some support yeah. well um, and what's great too is like it's not like you have to coach someone for 15 years on this it's the idea is coaching showing the strategies working through how a child or, or a teenager can apply that and then they can own it and take it with them right that's the hope, right? Is that, that they, they learn a little bit with me. Maybe they stay with me for a while, but eventually, cause again, these are life skills. Um, mm -hmm. eventually they get themselves to the next phase or the next phase, um, and can still, um, hopefully remember, or at least have some resources to fall back on when they need this support and to ask for help when they need it. Are the, do you see differences, um, by age on what is, um, a more, uh, I don't know the word, like pop, not popular, but like a more impactful piece of executive functioning based on age. Like, mm -hmm. do you see the younger kids? It's more X high school. It's more Y college. It's more Z. Yeah. Not really to, to be honest. I feel like 
I feel like it's the same stuff. It just maybe manifests a little bit differently in a sixth grader than it would in a, in a senior in high school. But, but it, it often just comes down to, I mean, we talked about organization. We talked about planning, um, time management. It often comes down to time management. Honestly, time, like awareness of time, figuring out how to be working when you need to be working. Um, I, that's like the biggest one and maybe task initiation, getting started mm -hmm. on a task that's boring or started on a task when you're distracted or when you're tired or, um, maybe those two stand out, but honestly, a sixth grader has the same challenges as a, as a senior. Um, it's just, maybe the senior's more busy. <laughs> so time <laughs> management is more, more critical because they have to shove everything into their schedule. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I don't see, I think they're all brains that have challenges in this area are challenged in many of the same ways, no matter what age they are. Yeah. And adults you, too. I work with adults too. And adults come oh, to me with the same, same challenges. Look, I might be coming to you soon. <laughs> my time management skills. <laughs> Raleigh, shake your head, but you know, my time management skills oh, are great. <laughs> yeah. My, cal my calendar skills. Um, oh, that's passing. Um, is there, are there any tricks to the trade or strategies that, uh, oh. so, you know, based on those, um, you know, pieces, the task initiation and the time management, do you have any helpful tricks that teachers or parents can use and implement pretty easily in their spaces? You know, I do. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> my favorite part. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, a couple of things that come to mind, definitely one of the things when it comes to time, when it comes to like remembering what you have to do, um, work that, which is working memory, time management, time awareness. Um, one of the things I talk about all the time is to figure out how to make the invisible visible. Yeah. So you like even that. mentioned, I think, teachers, we, we talk a lot, don't we? Yes. <laughs> um, and so for some brains, some brains can, can manage with just words. Um, but many cannot. So to figure out how to make the invisible visible. So writing the assignment on the board, writing the agenda of the day, um, in families, just keeping things in your face that you want to remember. Maybe it's a sticky note on the mirror, brush your teeth, uh, wash your face, brush your hair, <laughs> um, or a sticky note on the door that says, do you have your backpack? Do you have your lunch? Do you have your, whatever you need, iPad. Um, and if for students that can't read yet, pictures work too. So making things visible, all the invisible stuff in the world, keeping it in your face and making that visible. So that's for teachers, parents, humans, <laughs> yeah. adults as well. I love that. Um, that's a great way to remember it. Yeah. And then, you know, we, in terms of um, more specifically time, my time management, I love an analog clock. You guys, I don't mm -hmm. know if, if I don't know, I do know the kids are not learning to tell time the way that we used to. Um, and for some brains, it's fine, but seeing the passing of time on a clock can be super helpful for, for brains that struggle in this area. So I love an analog clock. I like keeping stuff visible. Um, and then in terms of task initiation, like getting started, timers are so great for getting started, especially if it's boring. 
Like, okay, I'm just going to set a very small timer. And I just want you to get started for just that. I don't know, pick a sweet spot, seven minutes, 12 minutes. I don't know, 20 minutes if you're older. Um, because I, the research about, about motivation, we, we often think we have to get motivated in order to start, but what the real brain stuff is, is that actually, no, 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 we just have to start and then comes the motivation. And so just using little timers to, to get started can be really helpful. Teachers, homes, families, all of it. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. The way you put that, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. That's why she does what she does. Exactly. <laughs> I have lots more, lots yeah. more ideas, but I know we don't have all day. Yeah. But <laughs> where, where can we find you and your resources? Yeah. Well, so I have a website. So my name is, it's just my name. So it's carriebonnet.com. So C-A-R-R-I-E-B-O-N-N-E-T-T.com. Um, lots of free stuff there, blog posts and resources. Um, but then I also have a um, a document, a shareable document that, um, that you can find at carriebonnet.com slash blueprint. I call it my blueprint to help your child get things done without constant reminders. Um, so it's just like a little, you put your email address in there and then you'll get this, um, this, this blueprint to just give you some more thoughts and more ideas about how to manage executive function in your world with your kid or your students. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, we love having you on. Um, so if you are interested, we'd love to have you join us for a would you rather. Sure. I feel like I feel like I can't tell if this is going to be easy or hard, but it's um, we'll see what happens. So okay. would you would you rather listen to one song for the rest of your life or never be allowed to listen to the same song twice? I love music. Um. Oh, I, I don't know. I think I might rather to listen to the same song, the only one song for the rest. Of the <laughs> wow. I have some favorites. I have a favorite. If I just, I know that would drive me nuts, but then, but then you could never, if the other one, I don't like the other one either. <laughs> what about one. you guys? Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say the same. And then I thought maybe I just have to accept. I have to listen to the one song once and never again. Then you would never be able to re-listen to it. How sad. Yeah. I mean but that one song I really like is gonna be it's gonna drive me off a off a bridge. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just yeah, go. True. Can only listen once. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And um some people might say some of my favorite bands sound this every song sounds the same. So I feel like I'm getting some the same gist. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. So, so I, you're I, good, I, Danielle. I'm actually all set. Great, you won. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's a, it's a really hard one because I, yeah. there are some songs I like will listen to over and over on a single car ride. Uh -huh. um, so it's a, it's a tricky one, but yeah. Yeah. But for the rest of my life, ugh, yeah, I don't know, maybe I, know. I don't think I, I might, do. I might have to backtrack, but anyway, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> it's a long life. Uh, yeah. well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, Joy, uh, join. Oh yeah. Join Carrie's website, um, <laughs> carriebonnet.com and, um, Follow us, Unstuck Podcast One, on Instagram, Facebook, all of the socials. Um, someday we'll get our videos out there. We do have some recorded. <laughs> I'm just scared to post them. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thanks Bye. for having me, Gary. Thanks, Gary.